I'd said I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, you know, F- FBI Director Ray is going to be on Capitol Hill today. So that's going to be interesting uh, to see the fireworks fly with regard to the liar that is heading up the FBI and the uh, race baiting white supremacist uh, false flag entity that is the FBI. I mean, it's so many things. Uh, We can't trust our Department of Justice. We're in a bad place right now, but we are winning some battles, folks. Uh, We're winning battles in Arizona. Uh, Kerry Lake is getting access to uh, signature verification affidavit uh, forms. Uh, The signature verification case is still not blown out of the water. And when it gets uh, heard by the Supreme Court, uh, that's a case that Carrie Lake seems to think to think can rise up the ladder to the federal Supreme Court of the United States. It only takes one big ruling to uh, to to basically deem the uh, systems that we have in place with our election rigging as as uh, lacking integrity or lacking chain of custody, or exploitable. And once we get a ruling on that, then the states will have to come up with new ways to cheat cheat you as the citizens. Um, but at some point, the citizens are rising up, and the citizens are going to stop paying their taxes. And the government's going to be worthless and weak without our money in their pocket. We're already learn uh, in more, more and more, more and more people are leaving the United States and going to other countries to live and find a better way of life. That's number one, and uh, it's no longer states. You know, leave one state to go to another. It's people are just leaving the United States and going somewhere else. But in it, it's it's more than that because the the open borders. What what is there left to defend? Right. So 
You know, we just want government out of our lives. So there's just a lot of reasons to hit the reset button. You know, I'm going to be playing an audio speech today uh, that's just going to be, um, you know, really, really amazing to listen to um, where they talk about there's more people that are against the globalists than the, you know, the people that are supporting Trump and the people that are supporting freedom and equal justice. These are the people, these people are the majority, but they've been relegated to the minority. And the minority, the globalists, the trannies, the gays, and all of the other uh, groups that make up, you know, fundraising, militant arms of the Democrat Party, the socialists, the communists. And really, it's not Democrats, it's not liberals, it's communists. They're communists. And they're just giving themselves a different name, like Black Lives Matter. It doesn't really matter to black uh, Marxists that run the show over at Black Lives Matter. And the Women's March isn't about women as much as it's about abortions. And you can just, you know, every single... You know, the open borders is not about humanity. What we're going to hear here in a, in a moment is it has more to do with pedophilia. Has more to do with slave labor. Has more to do with human trafficking. Has more to do with drug profits and cartels profiting. And politicians profiting from the cartels and their lobbying groups. Because the cartels are just as organized as any business. They have lobbying groups that pay politicians to vote certain ways. And it's, it's a real business. They're just not paying taxes like you and I are. And then you got to ask yourself this movie, Sound of Freedom. Why is it? Why are they? Why are they? Why are they? cracking down so hard on this just like every every other thing whether it was the hunter biden laptop or whether it was the ivermectin as a covid response or whether it was the climate hoax why is it that if i post something that talks about co2 following temperatures that i get banned on facebook in mark zuckerberg's outfit why is it that when i talked about ivermectin i got banned on facebook because Zuckerberg was working for the CIA. You know, the Facebook was being utilized by the FBI. Um, why? Well, we know the answer. Why? Why is it that when we talk about pedophilia now, or why is it that when we prosecute Jeffrey Epstein or G. G. Lane Maxwell, why is it that we can't see the flight manifesto? Why can't, why can't we see the list? Why can't we see the Johns, the list of Johns? that exploited little girls. Why can't we see the truth? Why is everything hidden? Why is it that our government is less transparent and our population has to be more transparent when it used to be that the private sector should remain private and the public sector should be transparent? After all, they're taking your tax dollars and they're spending them 
And they're supposed to spend them equally and fairly, but they're not doing that. So we're going to take a look at some of these things today, uh, like so many shenanigans happening with these theaters regarding Sound of Freedom. So we're going to go ahead and take a listen to this because it's kind of interesting. Look at this couple. They went to AMC theaters, and this is what they had to deal with when they went and watched Sound of Freedom. So my fiance and I just watched the movie Sound of Freedom that exposes sex traffickers. And do you want to tell them what happened in the movie theater? All right, AMC. I don't know what's going on here, but first off, the AC was out like when we went to watch the movie. And I'd seen someone else post something too that also saw it at an AMC, and their AC was out. And like as soon as we walked into the theater, it was hot as heck. I the literally AC brought a sweatshirt out. and I was like sweating. And then we realized like. It took us a while to actually realize it, but they didn't turn the lights off. They literally had the lights on. They kept the lights on, the entire movie. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> like, they don't want you to see this movie. They were trying to make it, like, not enjoyable. No. Like, they were trying to make it unenjoyable. What do they think? We're just going to be like, oh, the lights are on, we're going to leave. Like, no. Go watch Sound of Freedom in theaters now. That was a TikTok by some people in Savannah, it looked like. Um crazy right now here you got cnn you know of course cnn's gonna be against this movie why why in the world would you be against pedophilia i mean why in the world would you <laughs> that came out wrong why in the world would you be uh against a movie that exposes pedophilia that's what i meant to say all right why Let's take a listen. And you seem pretty familiar with CNN. him because he doesn't really hide his association with this real wild plot uh, that that involves, you know, drinking the blood of children and things like that. No, he doesn't hide it at all. And you have a lot of people who are in this world of QAnon who say, oh, they don't know what that is. They've never heard of it. They're just asking questions. With somebody like Jim Caviezel, he is openly embracing it. He's openly using its catchphrases and its concepts. He's speaking at QAnon conventions. And this film is being marketed to either specific QAnon believers or to people who believe all of the same tenets as QAnon but claim they don't know what it is. And The Sound of Freedom does focus on a real issue of sex trafficking. Uh, but that theme, it, it's sort of like that kernel of truth that feeds the QAnon conspiracy theory. Uh, tell us how those two things work together. Sure. And the most durable and the most believable conspiracy theories are not entirely false. There's something in them that is true and the rest of it is false. But the believers point to the one true thing and they say, oh, you don't believe that this particular thing is true. In terms of child trafficking, we know trafficking is real. We know it has real victims. No one is denying that. But these films are created out of moral panics. They're created out of bogus statistics. They're created out of fear. And with something like Sound of Freedom, it specifically is looking at QAnon concepts of these child trafficking rings that are run by the high-level elites and only people like Tim Ballard and only people like Jim Caviezel and by extension only people like the ticket buyer can help bring these trafficking rings down. So there's a very participatory element. You're not just going to see a movie, you're just killing two hours on a hot day. You are helping bring down these, these pedophile rings and save children. Now it's not true, but it's a very comforting and it's a very warm feeling to have. It's crazy the spin that goes on in our mainstream media. You know, CBS was covering this in 2014. We played the clip yesterday. And, you know, they were talking about um, Ballard and his work 
and all of a sudden, the politic politics has really shifted on this topic because it's it's interconnected with the open borders. It's interconnected with Jeffrey Epstein. It's interconnected with a lot of different things, Hollywood, and Hollywood's overreach into politics. So it, there's a lot going on here politically. Now, a lot of people were talking about this Sandra Bullock and Ellen De- DeGenerate. Um, okay, let- uh, you know, exchange. Let's take a listen in case you didn't hear it. Um, I've heard this before, but I mean, you know, in case you haven't heard it, this is kind of interesting. Let's yeah. talk about this facial that you're obsessed with. That how many did you get the whole cast of Ocean's Eight to Come do on, this? Everybody, okay, and, uh, good, smart. Just, just, just those that I thought would appreciate it. Okay, explain yeah. what it is. Well, it's this this way in which um, one forces uh, through microneedling. Um, it's like a little roller with these, some of you, I, mean, I think many of you know it. And it pushes through the skin and ruptures the collagen and then boosts it. You look like a burn victim for a day, but then, it's, it, but then it pushes the skin. What are you pushing into the skin, Sarah? The Sarah. Sandra? Sarah? Sandra. <laughs> Carrie? <laughs> what are you pushing into the skin? Well, you push in whatever the facialist would like to insert into your pores. But what is it? It is an extraction from a, um, a, a, um, a piece of skin... Uh, that came from a young person um, far, far away, and they somehow figured out how to extract... It's foreskin from a Korean baby. And they just think that's funny. Hey, it's crazy, right? It's absolutely crazy. Um, and there's another one to this. Uh, I haven't heard this one. Your boyfriend have been in a good relationship for quite a moment Two gay now. guys. Yeah. Years. Yeah, for uh, uh, seven years. Now, he's, a, he's an early 30, and you're a late 50. Yeah. But somehow, you both look the same age there. Mm. I mean, you know, there, there's something <laughs> to be said for being with a younger man. They, he, he, I, I, I suck uh, baby's blood <laughs> and put it on my face. <laughs> So they flash this thing up. It says, a controversial startup that charged charges $8,000 to fill your veins with young blood is opening its first clinic. So that's like a real thing. You know, this is stuff that I'm reading. That's, that's the first time I've ever seen that. And... Um, it's spooky. It's scary. It's unbelievable. Startup is called Ambrosia Medical that charges 8000 to fill your veins with the blood of young people. Plans to launch its first clinic in New York City at the end of this year. Wow. Founded by Stanford graduate Jesse Carmazin, the company recently completed the first clinical trial designed to assess the benefits of young blood transfusions. Although his team has not yet published the results of the trial, Kesman has said that the results were re- recently p- are really positive. Wow, that is so disturbing. This is like sci-fi. I can't even. I can't even deal with that. Um, whew. So the top movie in America exposes the horrors of 
I hear that the numbers are through the roof. They did better than um, than uh, Indiana Jones. The top movie in America exposes the horrors of sex trafficking. So why is the media warning people not to see it? Tim Ballard gives his take. Let's take a listen. Why is the media hating this movie? You know, I can't understand it. The film was made, produced, written like five years, six years ago, way before anyone heard the name QAnon. I still don't even know what QAnon is. Uh, In the meantime, they're trying to connect it to some conspiracy when, in fact, like you said, this is a true story. These are real kids. I mean, these kids are my friends. They're young adults now, the ones that were rescued. They're going to come out soon and tell their story. It's going to be very awkward when the mainstream media comes after these kids next and accuses them of being part of some conspiracy when, in fact, they were rescued from a life of rape. It's, it's, it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in the media, perhaps. I mean, this publication says The Sound of Freedom is a superhero movie for dads with brain worms and that it fetishizes the torture of its child victims. Is that <laughs> what the movie does? It absolutely does not do that. It tells a story based in truth. And, you know, I, what I think is happening, Jesse, I think that the left and the, these, these media outlets, they don't want to have a discussion that this film is going to compel. A discussion about why 85,000 children showed up unaccompanied at the border and got released into the interior of a country that is uh, the highest consuming country for child exploitation material on the planet. They don't want to talk about why these same publications are pushing an agenda to change the word pedophile to minor attracted persons in order to normalize sexual activity with children. I think that's what they're trying to avoid. And they know this film's going to shine a light on all of the things, all the atrocities happening in children. And so they have to discredit it by lying about it. So what would their motivation be to discredit a movie that's trying to shine a spotlight onto atrocities committed against children? Well, they, if, 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 if the truth of human trafficking and child trafficking and child exploitation were to be uh, brought to bear, brought to light, then they would have to have a debate, a discussion that they don't want to have about, again, these policies around sexualizing children or allowing children to consent at a young age to do anything and everything, uh, which would eventually include being, you know, identifying as an adult, perhaps, and having sex with pedophiles. I hunt pedophiles. I've been hunting them for 20 years, and they are watching this, and they're salivating. They are happy that Rolling Stones and The Guardian are ripping on a movie that exposes them. So I don't like the fact that these media outlets are, in fact, wittingly or unwittingly, running interference for human traffickers and pedophiles. Yeah, well, I haven't seen the movie yet, but now I want to see it because this thing made such a splash. Tim, thanks so much for joining us, and good luck at the box office. So, you know, a lot of this has to do with open borders as well. Um, Here, uh, Jim Caviezel says, uh, the Great Awakening. Um, Let's see. Let's take a listen to this. We are supposed to go along with the LGBTQ community where, oh, where is our Pope? We listened to that actually yesterday. Um, But I wanted to get to a piece that talked about the open borders because... You know, just like COVID, um, COVID didn't seem to to have a issue with with um, open borders. Well, this is about adrenochrome here, but um, you know, open borders. You were allowed to come through with unmasked, unvaxed, 
But if you tried to get into the airport, you were banned. If you were devoted, the great tennis player from uh, Slovakia or Serbia, um, you wouldn't be allowed to play in the United States or Australia uh, because you chose not to get vaccinated. But yet, if you're an illegal breaking our laws, you know you can you can come through anytime you want. And the same thing is true with regard to if you got serious about stopping human trafficking, slave labor. But see, the problem is is that corporations are benefiting from the slave labor that's coming in. So that's one entity. The drug traffickers are benefiting from the other aspect of it, which is so there's too many winners, right? Drug traffickers, human traffickers, and then Hollywood is saying, "Hey, keep the sex trafficking train going." And we'll donate to your campaigns. So the politicians are paid to do nothing, sit on their hands and do nothing because open borders is a cash cow. That's the problem. But we've seen this over and over again in the media. You said ivermectin's bad. That's listed under the NIH. Uh, hydroxychloroquine is bad for us. That's listed under the NIH. Adrenochrome, that's not true. It's C9H9NO3. This is a um, chemical compound that is absolutely, this has been around in modern science since the 1930s. You can actually, there's a synthetic form and there's a, a regular uh, 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 natural form, which is caused by torturing little kids to get their adrenaline up essentially and then remo- extracting it from them. Um, when you sit and meet, and, and so I brought this up a few years ago and all of a sudden I was attacked by every media. Look it up. It's, it's there. They absolutely went after me. And the next day, um, I never heard from my agents, my agency for 14 months. Uh, my lawyers let me go. Uh, my agency never called me after that. And essentially I was done. And so when we go and this do movies Jacob like Ezo. this, you spend a great deal of time with agents, working with them. I didn't realize the connection, though, to my industry and to Epstein Island and all of that. But obviously there is. And open borders. That's the, uh, that's the other thing. And that's the, that's the scary thing, is the open borders. Let's take a listen to this uh, Steve Bannon piece. Um, also, here, Catholic Charities, right? So Catholic Charities is uh, in southern Spain at the weekend. Another boatload of working age illegal migrants came in through their border. But it says here, the same enemy, enemies driving the invasion of American uh, America are driving the invasion into Europe. Communists, globalists, leftists, Islamists, United Nations, Catholic charities, a.k.a. fake charities, they all must be defeated. And the open borders is an intentional, and the global migration of illegal immigrants is being orchestrated by the U.N., oligarchical foundations, and so-called charities, including Catholic charities. Let's take a listen. Look what's happening in France. Look what's happening in France. 
If you don't think that's coming to a big city near you in the United States of America, you are incorrect because the same people in France were criticizing uh, uh, myself and Nigel Farage and Raheem Kassam 10 years ago or five years ago during the Syria or 15 during the Syrian situation. But even before that, well, we were warning them that this day is coming. Michael Yan, you've been all over the globe and probably the leading person to identify this and say, hey, this is just not some random event in Eagle Pass, Texas. The map shows you that these NGOs are driving them up to Eagle Pass, Texas. Your assessment from uh, from Armenia, sir. Right. As you know, Steve, anywhere I go is of strategic interest. And I was in Lithuania before the war started warning about this because of the migration issue. The, the, the let's say invasion issue, the Belarusians were pushing people, trying to push them into Poland, trying to push them into Lithuania. They did not. The Lithuanians uh, allowed a few in. And then I flew up from Morocco to to because I was down in Morocco looking at the same thing in Greece. Same thing. And so I flew up to Lithuania and, and they allowed me access to the camps for five weeks. I interviewed all the people I wanted to talk with, uh, including uh, Lithuanian intelligence and their political leaders and that sort of thing. The, the reason I've given this sort of access is because I was with them in the Afghan war. And so they know me from the war. So that just allowed me to walk right in and basically get some keys to the camps. And so and by the way, you know, it's kind of interesting. McCain and, and uh, uh, Lindsey Graham spent a lot of time getting war awards medals in Lithuania and Latvia and Belarus uh, um, and uh, a whole um, Macedonia and uh, some other countries uh, that were all connected with this corridor laundering money in Cyprus down in Morocco Cyprus uh, exploiting the Syrian conflict setting up ISIS mercenaries paid for by the United States and these oligarchs uh, transferring weapons, laundering cash for weapons. So the taxpayers finance um, certain aid that goes to certain countries. They then take those products and sell them on the black market, redistribute them for cash or for another commodity, which again, the four um, currencies on the black market, for example, is humans trafficking sex and slaves and uh, and then you got drugs, and that could be cocaine, heroin, fentanyl, poppy, whatever, um, opioids. And then you have weapons. You have weapons of all sorts. You have rocket-propelled uh, grenades. You have uh, you have rifle, rifles. You have all kinds of heavy and and light artillery, um, ammo, uh, all this stuff um, in the form of weapons. And there's a huge business. Not one man can do it all, but people like Mitt Romney are financing this stuff as seed money to get the ball rolling on the black market. And they're being hailed as patriots because they're doing the dirty deeds that governments can't sanction. Because if the United States were to get in bed with bioweapons or chemical weapons that are banned by the United Nations and frowned upon in Ukraine, when it's done in Ukraine by Moscow, then basically these Mitt Romneys and and Lindsey Graham's of the world pound their chest and look at themselves as patriots because they're saying we're doing the patriotic duty that the United States can't and are not allowed to do. So they they don't get called up on the UN for war crimes. 
And so these black market deals, nobody ever owns up to it. And it's like, well, we sold it to Ukraine. What they, what they did with it after that, we, we don't know. USAID is giving, giving another entity money. They say, well, you're giving the weapons over there to Ukraine and someplace in Africa where they need the weapons. They don't have the money to buy them. So USAID will come in as part of the CIA operation and the State Department governance. And they go into Africa and they say, well, you know, we're going to give you so much uh, aid for food and AIDS and AIDS relief and malaria. We're going to give you all this money. And we hope that you'll do the right thing with it and get yourself uh, mosquito nets and, and AIDS vaccines and all kinds of stuff, right? No. They take that money and they buy the weapons. And then they enforce the slave labor to dig for that cobalt and that uh, nickel and that gold that ends up in the hands of someone like, again, Mitt Romney and Lindsey Graham, John McCain when he was alive, and so on. And that is laundering, folks. That is how it's done. And Samantha Powers heading up USAID, she was the UN ambassador at one point. She was the one that unmasked uh, all these names related to Kislyak and Flynn and that whole thing that launched the Russian hoax and the whole thing. Bloomberg reports U.S. Representative Tom Tiffany and some of his colleagues want Catholic Charities USA and other groups to testify before Congress about what they're doing down on the border to facilitate this illegal immigration. Of course, they're being paid to to expedite the process, collect databases and sell the data to people that are then registering ballots. And then the ballots are sent out and picked up by the harvesters and dropped off in mailboxes 30 days before an election, only to be counted as needed after the election results for election night are tallied. How could you lose? <laughs> how can you lose that? that <laughs> it's, they got it all set up. And, and how in the world are Republicans' leaders allowing this to happen? Is it, How in the world can... This is not just a conspiracy. This is, this is happening in almost every aspect of things. And people are growing fed up around the world. It's not just the United States that this is happening in. So when we go over to the European Parliament, we hear women, we hear leaders speak like this. This is a member of the European Parliament, Christine Anderson, addressing the WHO and globalists. And she said it's about time that we call this what it is. It's a fight. And we're coming for you. You want to fight? You got to fight. We are here today to tell you, WHO, globalitarian misanthropists, we are here today to tell you, you picked this fight. You wanted this fight. Well, guess what? You've got it. Let's fight. Because these brave citizens, my colleagues and I, we will not tire to fight you every step of the way. These brave seven citizens and millions and millions more around the world, these are the people you will have to reckon with.
from now on. Because we are millions, millions around the world. It is you that is the small French minority. You are the ones who do not have the right to dictate to the people what they want and what they don't want. So take it from me, take it from us, take it from these seven citizens who gathered here today, take it from the millions and millions of people around the world. We will bring you down and we will not tire until we have done just that. Standing ovation in Parliament, European Parliament. I'm telling you, it is getting tricky out there. Listen to this RFK exchange. I believe I played this once before, but um, we're going to be playing um, JFK, RFK. We're going to be playing a series of RFK statements uh, just now. And uh, so let's take a listen to this one. This one's quite good. Tony Fauci's problem is this. There is a little known federal law. It says you cannot give an emergency use authorization to a vaccine if there is a medica- any medication approved for any purpose that is shown effective against the target disease. So if Tony Fauci or anybody had admitted that hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin effective against COVID, it would have been illegal for them to give the emergency use authorizations that to the vaccines and they could never have gotten them approved. And it would have been a, you know, a 200 billion enterprise that would have collapsed. Um, that is fascinating. I mean, that- yeah, I mean, that, that, that is fascinating. Don't you think? So, I mean, that's just amazing because hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, if, if he would have vouched for those and said that those were, you know, things, and they do, they, you know, it is what it is. So I think that there's, it opens it to lawsuits because even though they have these um, non-liability, these liability exemptions, um, this this skirts around and says that the whole a contract, you know, construct or contract that created immunity for the uh, powers that were pushing the vaccine. It was all built on a corrupt system. It was built from corruption from the very, very start. Let's take a listen to this. There's no doubt members of the CIA were involved in JFK's murder. So he's asked, what, could the CIA be involved in this? Let's take a listen. I think the CIA was involved in, uh, certainly in this research, they were funding it through USAID. USAID. And NIH, I think, in the end, gave about $26 million in funding to the Wuhan lab. But USAID, which was functioning as a CIA surrogate, Gave over $64 million, and the Pentagon also gave a lot of money. But you didn't answer my question. The question was, is the CIA still capable of political assassinations in the United States? Uh, I, I, I couldn't say yes or no to that question. 
I think that there's, uh, I can't, couldn't say, and you know, even with my uncle's assassination, uh, you can't really say the CIA killed John F. Kennedy. You can say members of the CIA, people who are working for the CIA were definitely involved. People like E. Howard Hunt, David Atlee Phillips, uh, David Morales, people who've, already, who've confessed to it, many of them in deathbed uh, confessions. Uh, but they may have been, been operating on a rogue basis rather than the CIA doing it. These were people who were involved in the Miami station who were angry at President Kennedy for, uh, for fe- refusing to invade Cuba. You've See, that's interesting right there what you just heard and the CIA is involved in a lot of this stuff in Fauci. And I said this years ago and I was probably one of the first to say it. I said, Fauci is walking around fearless. Like, like he's untouchable like Hillary did because they knew that, uh, the things that were happening were, were basically, uh, they were untouchable because they were paid and authorized to do what they did. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, yeah, real quick, a couple of quick things. I know you're busy. Uh, listen, <clears throat> Jim, uh, Tim Ballard is sitting with President Trump right next to him. And when he was president in a cabinet meeting, they were talking about the wall. Tim Ballard said it's so important to have this wall because it gives them, as an agent, a portal where those child traffickers have to come in and gives them an opportunity to identify them, just like he did in the movie. He caught that one guy with the little boy. That's exactly why they need a wall to catch these traffickers, these murders, because it gives them a porter and they can spot them. With the open border, they can come in anywhere. They can't catch them. Number two, uh, you're talking about CIAs. They have the right to kill people. 1980, okay, and I'll show you my passport. I was over in Southeast Asia with a uh, CIA agent. Uh, he's dead now, uh, which I probably figured he was a field agent, and they killed him. He was sent over there, and he killed him. I was a friend of his. I knew him very personally. He was sent over there to kill a guy. And you look up the story in the New York Times, you'll see it. Just Google his name, Bill Young. He was a rogue agent, okay? CIA wanted him dead, and they sent him over there to kill him, okay? So, yes, the answer is yes. They're still rogue agents. They're still agents in the field, and there's still CIA from the top that will give them the order. And, of course, they'll never acknowledge it, never, ever acknowledge it, but they will be sent to kill somebody. And they're doing it today. And they'll do it tomorrow. And that's why this movie, Sound of Freedom, is so important because it exposes and brings to the forefront, finally. In 1980, I saw these child children over there. He brought me, this, this agent brought me and showed me and exposed it. I was in shock at that time. And I'm finally glad that they brought it to the forefront to expose this horrid, horrid tragedy of children. So God bless Jim Caviezel, Tim Ballard and the movie production company, Angel Studios, for bringing this movie. And right. everybody, everybody okay. in the world to see it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Um, we're going to go ahead and uh, continue on here. Um, so that was uh, Tony Fauci. Oh, this this here. This is kind of interesting. You want to treat them at home. Give them the things that we know kill viral replication zinc and anything that enhances zinc, like hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and a hundred other remedies that we now know dramatically reduce the spread of this disease. And what was our protocol? Our protocol was to do none of that. No treatment until you go to the hospital. 
Then your treatment are two things that are bound to kill you, ventilators and remdesivir. And Tony Fauci knew that remdesivir would kill you. He knew that because in 2019, he tried to put, use it for Ebola, 2019. He tried to use it for Ebola, and within five days of treatment, it gave lethal side effect to 54% of the people, and the safety monitoring board ordered him to terminate the use of that drug. And he threw a phony, contrived, absolutely fraudulent study that he manipulated and orchestrated got that drug made standard of care, it is homicide. And if you look, how does it kill people? Two ways, three ways. Kidney failure, heart failure, and all organ collapse. And what happened to the people who died in the pandemic? What were they dying of? Kidney failure. All the doctors said, you heard it again and again, we've never seen a virus that attacks the kidneys. Because it wasn't the virus. It was the remdesivir. That's absolutely true, actually. Um, that's true. It's the, you know, the drugs are the hardest thing on the kidney. Uh, there's hardly any virus that I know of that actually does that. All right, so here, it reveals why, why Iver, ivermectin had to be destroyed. And this is... Uh, this is a Joe Rogan um, clip with uh, RFK. I checked this one to be make sure it's it's uh, um, curse free. So. I saw the CNN thing where they made my face yellow and said I was taking <laughs> horse medication, which is that the most it's, to say that and to repeat that over and over again is such a clear indication that they conspired. It's such a because it's this it's uniform. It's horse dewormer, uniform, a medication that's used far more often on human beings. It's been prescribed for billions. Yeah, it's insane. And the uh, fact and that won, and won the Nobel Prize for for efficacy in humans. Yeah, in humans. Yeah, it was wild. It was just but wild. They had, they had to do it. They had to discredit ivermectin. Because, you know, why? because there's a federal law, the federal law, the emergency use authorization statute says that you cannot issue, you cannot issue an emergency use authorization to a vaccine if there is an existing medication that has been approved for any purpose that, ha that is demonstrated effective against the target illness. So they had to destroy ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and discredit and they had to tell everybody it's not effective because if they had acknowledged that it's effective in anybody the whole 200 billion dollar vaccine enterprise would have collapsed yeah we heard him say that on two multiple shows now um let's take a listen to this this is dr mccullough deems ivermectin the most dynamic oral antiviral treatment for COVID comes to ivermectin, I don't see a lot of people saying horse paste anymore. Yeah, that's true. You know, ivermectin, uh, our clinical observations is that it was probably the most dynamic of all the oral antivirals. If I had a choice and free access to everything, I would use an ivermectin-based approach, not alone, but with multiple drugs, 0 0.6 milligrams per kilogram. And it's, you know, it's really carried us through the pandemic. Entire countries and regions have relied on it. I think there should be capitulation by governments to 
to recognize that clinical judgment did contribute in addition to the limited scientific studies to have, you know, having us help people through the illness, which is what the goal it was to begin with. Well, if anything, it adds a green light to it. You know what I would do? <laughs> what I should do? I can do? Um, I might do? Is look at the countries that actually used ivermectin. Look at the numbers. Not only will you learn that ivermectin was the solution, but you also can learn a lot about why it is that the people that certainly knew the truth wanted to kill you instead. And of course, we know it's because of vaccine passports. It was the globalist agenda, the same thing they're doing with climate. And so why entrust these people with your money, your digital currency? Why entrust them with your energy or the climate scam? And why entrust them with the WHO takeover of your sovereignty? Like why entrust these people that knew the right answer because they're not stupid, but they choose the wrong one that ends up killing people. These people need to be brought to the Hague and brought up on you know, crimes against humanity, number one. Fauci should be at the top of the list. The second part of it, though, what I would do is I would consider moving to a country that decided to choose to save the lives of its, lives of its people rather than kill them. That would be a country I would want to live in right there. So, you know, it's just... Now, I want to, I want to take a listen to... Um, I, wanted, I have a lot of other audio clips related to all this stuff, but I want to take a listen to this, this uh, clip here. It's kind of, kind of cool. Um, so we're going to take a listen to this audio clip between Andrew Tate and Tucker Carlson related to Ukraine. Why do you think um, support for the war in Ukraine, support for Ukraine's side in the war against Russia, support for a war against Russia in the West, is kind of the, the bottom line issue for the people who run the U.S. government and for the American media? Why? I mean, you, I guess you could argue about it, yep. but there isn't an argument about it in the United States. There's a position, and anyone who doesn't hold it is attacked and punished. Why? Why is that so important? Well, the first thing I think we should all do is I think we should all give Putin credit for curing COVID, right? <laughs> because when his invasion happened, COVID went away. So I thought about that. Think about it. It's almost to the day. So we have to give him some credit, at least, for doing that. He may be the bad guy of the world, but at least he cured COVID for everybody, nearly instantly. Fair. Thank you, thank you, President Putin. Um, yeah, I, up until this point, never really commented too heavily on polit politics. Yes. But I understand very well, I like to believe what's happening with Ukraine and Russia. And what I will say to the people who are watching this at home is that if you are naive enough to believe that there are good guys and bad guys in wars, and it's as simple as good and bad, and that the bad guys are crazy, and the good guys want freedom, then you need to do a little bit more investigation into what's really happening. And when you look at the vested interest of any country or any person... Can I, can I just ask you to pause and just comment? That's the truest thing, what you just said. That We're going to mute that right here. Having seen war. Anyone who's telling you that it's Churchill versus Hitler is an idiot. Completely. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. When my father was still alive, oh. we might... 
the reason why I muted that one section is because it wasn't Andrew Tate that said the F word. It was Tucker Carlson that said the F word. I guess he's, you know, off the uh, reservation there, so he can he can do what he wants. Um, all right, so I want to also um, play a few other clips. John Kennedy made this great clip on gun control. Again, we're talking about what we're trying to do here with the show today is just to highlight all these things that don't make sense, right? And we know that the people that are in leadership are smart enough, they, they know what they're doing, but they're making choices, whether it's good for you or bad for you, it doesn't matter, it's whether it's good for them, that's what they care about. But let's take a listen to John Kennedy, Senator Kennedy from Louisiana, and listen to what he had to say about gun control. Well, I don't think passing more gun control laws is going to help. Amen. I mean, um, look at Chicago. You know, Chicago has so many gun control laws, yet it's still the world's largest outdoor shooting range. I mean, it just is. If gun control laws worked, Chicago would be Mayberry, and and it's not. So that's number one. Number two, you've got to enforce the laws that you have. Number three, you've got to get the illegal guns off the street. That means cops have to be allowed to do their job. And and it's just that simple. Number four, you're going to have to hire more cops. And number five, you're going to have to make it very clear to your police officers, if you're an elected official, that we will stand behind you. Now, if you do something that's obviously illegal, if you just shoot somebody for the heck of it, uh, we're not going to stand behind you. We're going to prosecute. What if you, um, that you're... hardly ever happens? But let me emphasize this point: that hardly ever, ever, ever happens. When it does happen, some members of the media make a big deal about it, as if it happens every day. But it doesn't. Yeah, you know, just enforce the laws that are already on the books. Why make new laws? Think about it. They don't want to enforce the laws on the books. Equally, and with blind justice, they want to muck it all up. And then, they, what do they want to do? They want to uh, create new laws that infringe on your civil liberties, on your on your on your rights as an American citizen. And that's no way to be. Um, let's take a listen to this. This is related to that guy Gal Luft, who's living in Israel, who's the one who knows what's going on with the Hunter Biden crime spree uh, who's in hiding right now. Uh, he should get immunity. Let's take a listen. What you're to looking this. at on the screen behind me right there is the indictment of Gal Luft. He is the Biden whistleblower number one. This is a guy with direct ties to the Chinese CCP, worked for that Chinese energy company that can spell out, as he claims, all of the pay-to-play schemes the Bidens were running with that Chinese energy firm. Now, this indictment, when you go through it, if you believe it, which I don't believe all of it, but if you believe some of it, here's what it actually proves. And this may be a huge mistake for the DOJ. What it proves is Gal Luft had ties to the highest levels of the Chinese CCP. He had ties to the highest levels of leadership inside that Chinese energy firm, CEFC, the one that's accused of giving the Bidens millions upon millions of dollars. It proves to me, this indictment, that Gal Luft 
has the goods on Joe Biden. Now, I'm with Senator Ron Johnson. Give Gal Luft immunity. Yeah, he may have been playing with the big boys. I don't know if he's guilty of anything or not. I do know this indictment looks pretty darn thin. If I'm Ron Johnson, if I'm a senator, I'll be pushing for exactly what they're calling for. Give Gal Luft immunity. Let's hear what he has to say, what he can prove about Biden family corruption. Hey, if we get cut off, uh, check us out on podcast. Um, but uh, we're running a little over uh, on our podcast, um, on our live feed, that is. But uh, um, in any case, we're doing that because we got a late start into the day because we had some technical issues. I uh, just want to uh, stress, though, um, here's another thing where Marjorie Taylor Greene says the CCP's top biological weapons expert and major general was put in charge of containment of COVID-19 in Wuhan, China. Why not just another virologist? Just how closely was the U.S. government working with the CCP at the Wuhan Institute of Virology? And she also said, Marjorie Taylor Greene, today I filed six amendments to prohibit sending any additional funding, weapons, ammunition, or other resources to Ukraine until such a time as diplomatic solution has been reached. It's time our government starts putting America first and stop funding endless foreign wars. So basically what she's saying is, that um, at some point we can't just give money. We got to give money with expe- with a certain set of goals and guarantees so that if Ukraine doesn't deliver on what it is that they say that they're going to deliver on, they get no more funding. That's how you fix this problem. And, you know, I, I guess you can make the argument that wars aren't waged or fought like that because the other p- team uh, can wait it out and then, you know, but we should have never been in this situation to begin with. This all could have been avoided uh, early, early on. Well, hey, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out org. Find out how you can make a difference by making a donation to support America First policies that make America great again. Also, if you're going to go over to MyPillow.com, use Red State as your promo code. We'll get a little nice little commission off of that. And uh, with that, my name's Scott Adams. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.